Hello and welcome into the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by SoRare Data. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare, joined as almost always, I think I'm using that every week now, by Andy Black, who you can find as Black on SoRare. Uh, thank you to everyone who is joining us live. Everybody is very excited today because SoRare came out with a new scoring matrix. Andy, tell us everything we're going to talk about about the scoring matrix. Um, I think we're going to talk about why uh, we're going to flip flip tables and be so upset and why fullbacks now are just going to totally break the game, right? That's it. Discussion over. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're No. Um, <laughs> In actuality, we're not really going to talk about the scoring matrix at all. Um, it's been out for what is it, two or three hours now. There are a lot of people on Twitter who uh, seem to be dropping a lot of stats about who's going to be better and why. Actually, there's very little why. It's just a like, oh, this guy gains 10 points. This guy loses. This guy's not that good. And as of right now, meaning this moment, it's uh, 1 o'clock Eastern on uh, Tuesday, July 26th, the, nobody really knows yet. Um, those who use Sora data will know shortly. If you're watching this, uh, as a replay, you probably may already know. And so there's nothing really to talk about because you already have the answers, but it seems like everybody's really just looking for the, who are the guys I should go buy now that weren't so good. And, um, I think there are some ideas. Someone clearly thought Trent Alexander-Arnold would be uh, one of the guys. And 21 ETH later, they have three new cards. So that's nice for those for that person. But the, the way that we were, are going to present things on SoRare Data, we think will make it easier for people to figure out. I lost us for a second. Yeah, you did. We'll have that. <laughs> we'll have everything um, on Story Data, and we're going to write about it in this week's newsletter. So nobody's going to be like left out on the uh, on the news. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. So if everybody like tuned in live and we're like, oh, I'm going to get all the secrets from the new scoring matrix. I'm sorry, you're not going to get them on the, on this show. Um, but we will have plenty of stuff about it anyway. What we did want to talk about was this idea of like, well, I, I said it to you, like this idea that like people feel like they have to play everything. And I say people by, and I actually just mean me. <laughs> so this came about with baseball and I realized that it really applies to much more than just baseball. So we kind of promised people this wouldn't become like a baseball show. But did you feel any like you have to play baseball feelings when Sora announced baseball? Uh, did I feel like I had to? No. Yeah. No. But did I also like feel like uh, like I I should? <laughs> I kind of did feel like I should just because I I have a good like understanding of the game. So rare is what brought like. Um, like the reason I'm even in so rare is because of baseball. Hmm. So, which is weird. That's funny. And yeah. There's a story associated with it, but whatever. Um, uh, so I did almost feel uh, obligated to, to at least get 
involved a little bit. I know the I know the game, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that are like buying cards and they don't know the game at all. So I feel like there might be like slight edge. Here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not even like I've been, uh, you know, disengaged from the the game for the last like since COVID. I would say uh, last couple years, I've just kind of like been disengaged from I'm baseball, still- not yes. from so rare. Yeah, right. But I'll still. I'll still watch like highlights of my team, which is St. Louis Cardinals. I'll still see them on the news. I'll see little things here and there. I follow their beat writers. So like I, I'm still engaged with that team. So um, I do feel like I have like, you know, and, and I have a team, which I don't really in, in silver soccer. So I'm going to buy my guys. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I pretty much gave up on baseball years ago and What's years ago? Not quite 10, but more than five, somewhere between five and 10 years. Okay. And part of it was actually when I started following soccer more. So I guess it's closer to 10 years, but like I only had so much time and I decided to dedicate more time, like the time that I used to spend watching baseball in to soccer or football for a lot of people watching. So the, the like return of baseball is kind of like for me it was like oh i should probably like see what's going on obviously baseball because it's so rare like so rare data is going to cover it and so it was like i felt like i should participate in it i didn't feel like i had to but there it felt like a, a big reaction to so rare introducing baseball which like we knew other sports were coming and we knew there are U.S. sports and there were only so many U.S. sports. So like baseball was one of the options. So it wasn't like a surprise that baseball showed up. But when it did, everyone's like, oh, well, I don't want to have to play baseball. And it was like, you don't have to. It's OK. Yeah. Like you can pretend it doesn't exist at all. And that that kind of w- way of thinking I thought was kind of funny. Like that's what started me thinking this whole like us coming on and being like on a show here that a lot of people who play so rare football or soccer watch. And it's like us telling them like, it's okay to not play baseball. Like right. you don't have how to. How many baseball cards do you own now? Me? Yeah. It, uh, let me check. It's not that many, but it's also not zero. It, I was hoping I would wake up this morning with more, with one more, but I didn't. 12. I have 12. Okay. How many cards have you bid on since uh, since it launched? I've lost like 96 auctions. Yeah. I've so bid on a lot. Feel, did you almost feel like you had to play? Or did you, you want to play? So I had this plan to not play. Like there was no way I was going to play as much as I play football. And I, I was like, I, I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the desire to do it. So like, I was just like, I'm not going to do that. And once I started buying cards, I was like, oh, damn it. This is kind of fun. And like, I don't really pay attention to baseball. Like I'm, I see names that I knew over the past few years and I was like, okay, these guys are good. And I like kind of know my son is 11 and is like, loves baseball. So he's, this is kind of like a thing that he and I are doing now. We're like collecting cards together. Just funny because he keeps talking about how like I'm they're our cards and our team, but it's like all my money. There's no 
there's the we is the investment we is is not so great so um so but then i started playing and it it took me back to when i first started really playing so rare football and with the way that my gallery is now and obviously i've been on the platform for like 18 months at this point like i don't check auctions that often like there're only like certain number of cards that i need at this point and or like certain holes to fill in my lineups like i'm starting from scratch with baseball and i was just like it was just like throwing back to like when i was constantly looking at auctions and seeing what cards to come out and this time it's like on steroids cuz they're like so many cards and they're on all the time and it's like oh i didn't win this auction and then i'm like oh there's another one in 4 hours of this player like i can just wait and but there was like this part of so rare that i used to play meaning like the 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 spending money part <laughs> that i that i lost and i got back with baseball and the only thing that's going to ruin that is running out of money Gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I I had a ETH balance when baseball launched. I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hey, real quick, Johnny, you mentioned my volume was was way low. Is it better now? Or because I made it some changes. Sounds better to me too. Perfect. So, okay. Exactly. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. So did you, but were, did you have an ETH balance for baseball? Not really. <laughs> it was definitely like it was definitely my euro balance like to get things uh situated for the euro season uh yeah just to like clean up some teams and make some tweaks here and there like just to optimize and uh i don't know what i'm gonna do now i guess i'm gonna not optimize or i'm gonna have to like sell some things that i didn't want to sell so uh <laughs> that's it's so funny put, you say it that way but it's an awkward position here so I had the same thing. I had like an ETH balance. And I'll be honest that I did sell certain cards with the expectation I would use it for baseball. And I didn't have like a specific budget, but I was like, if my ETH balance is up when baseball launches, like that'll give me a little more flexibility to buy baseball cards. And then I started buying, I remember I bought something, like I bought a football card the day before, it might've been the morning that baseball launched. Like it hadn't launched yet. And then I, so I bought this card. It was, it was the Federico Bernardeschi card that I bought recently. That was a card a that rare? I was like, what's that? Did you get a rare? Yeah. Forward or midfield guard? Forward. Forward. Okay. So I was, when that move happened, I was like, I'm not buying this card. Toronto's terrible. He'll be like, whatever. And there were just too many people that I knew who were good at this game that bought one. And I was like, damn it, I really should consider reconsider and get one. And then Hulk just started to be, become horrible. And I was like, maybe I need another forward. And I bought it. And then the next day baseball launched. And I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, but yeah. How many, how many cards did you buy on the first like day? None. I, None. I, I couldn't, I, so it was just like the, the whole, and it's still like this, like the market is just wild. Like, so I decided I was only going to play limiteds. And then it was like, oh, there's limited pro. And I'm like, ah, all right, I'll buy some rares. And I remember bidding on, I bought a Pete Alonzo rare because I bid on it and I was like, that seems low. And then I won it and I was like, oh, all right, I have a rare. 
And then it was like, but I'm still going to buy limiteds. And the more limiteds I bought, the lower the prices got, like after I bought. And I was like, oh man, I'm like- That's the supply on those limiteds is just so massive. And and it's like, this was obvious before I bought these cards and I still bought these cards. Like I did the same thing. I don't think anyone who bought a one of 5,000 or one of 1,000 or one of 100 is going to regret that purchase, despite it being like 20 times more than what they go for now. But every subsequent card after that, I think is just like, you probably overpaid. And I yep. look at the the secondary market. This is so much more baseball than I was thinking we were going to talk about. But anyway, the secondary market is basically nothing for limiteds because, like I said, there's another auction. There, there are multiple yep. auctions of every player every day. So it's... I don't think... Maybe, it, I mean, it, we can say that it's it's baseball, but like, too, like, I think it applies just as a, like, a new platform, like when they launch another new platform, we're going to see the same sort of dynamics where, uh, you know, whether it's golfers or dart throwers or whatever, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to see the same, same thing. So like, I think that this experience is important for like, if there's people out there that, that are not interested in baseball, but are interested in darts. Um, I think it's important to like really kind of look at those, those sales charts of the first five limiteds, first five rares, because, it's like real, like across the board, doesn't matter really the players. It's, they look similar. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great observation. Are professional dart players called dart throwers? I don't know. I, I just know that I saw a YouTube video yesterday of a guy that, that won with nine throws nine or whatever. It's, it was pretty cool. Yeah, That was a cool video. I don't know. I don't know anything like about it, but I just thought it was cool. Yeah. Surely they came up with something better than throwers uh, <laughs> artists the, yeah, whatever if anybody in chat knows that would be greatly appreciated uh so yeah so i just i went from this i'm only going to play a little bit to i'm going to play a little bit more i i don't think i'm going to play all rare like an all rare lineup like i don't think i'm ever going to buy them but i say that and i'm now buying rares for more than for less than i bought some limiteds so i don't know how that's going to play out Fred the Almighty said there's no specific word for a darts pro, which is extremely disappointing. Yeah, I guess it's we'll have to come up with that. Yeah, well, <laughs> chucker, flinger, dartist, anything? Anyway, so the, the move into you don't have to play baseball made me also think about this idea that so rare, and it's really not as much so rare because we actually want them to talk about it more, but the so rare community talks about like progression a lot and whether like if you have your lineup and then you progress, you know, you get better cards or you get a different, you know, the the next scarcity up and now you can progress there. You can progress wide and blah, blah, blah. And there's just like this constant push of the, what you are supposed to do in this game is get better cards to get more cards to then compete in more things. And I'm glad Chani, I don't know if Chani's still here, but Chani was the first one that came into my mind when I thought about this because he has actually kind of rejected this idea. I don't know if it was conscious or not, but he basically plays like two or three lineups and like his cards, his goal, it seems, was let me make the three best lineups I can. And then like, I assume you get at some point where you have like the meta cards of those three lineups and then you like expand, start to expand out. 
But a lot of people with bigger, not even huge galleries, but more like, oh, you know, I, I mostly buy MLS cards, but I won this challenger card. So let me go buy some more challenger cards so I can play in challenger. And it's like, or you could get your America cards better and just, just focus on that. And it just seems like, and I, I have this feeling too of like, oh, I have these challenger cards. Why don't I play challenger? And this happened to me with champion Europe last year, last season. Whereas like, I realized I had some champion Europe cards and I was like, it's really dumb for me not to play champion Europe because I have these cards. But like, well, you thought it would be fun. I did. I did think it would be fun. I will confirm it was not fun. But I also, <laughs> it was partially not fun because I listened to Quinny's advice. And oh, so boy. that's what put me down the, the, the wrong path. I love you, Quinny. I'm still rolling with Paul Lopez this year. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know if Marseille are, but, but you are. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Well, I don't have but, any balance to fix it, so that's yeah, what they are. Well, so that was kind of the where I went with this. And I was like, <clears throat> so I had, so I like, I bought a Niccolo Ravella rare card last year when he was at Bologna. And then I got uh, some other U23 mids and I was like, oh, I'm not using him. And I was like, oh, I'll just use him in Champion Europe. And I'm like, man, I really should get someone else. And then I was like, oh, I'll get this guy. And then all of a sudden it was like, now I'm spending almost an ETH on Pau Lopez so that I can use my leftover cards in Champion Europe. And as soon as I did it, I was like, what am I, what am I doing? And instead of being like, I should stop doing this and focus on the cards that I have to make them better. I was like, no, no, let me throw more money in this because I'm going to play Champion Europe because like I hadn't played champion Europe and it just felt like I had entered everywhere else. And so like, Oh, my gallery is big enough to have the, the appropriate number of cards to enter. So I should just do that when I definitely should not have done that. And I'm hoping that I learned my lesson. Although I say that having basically sold my champion Europe cards to buy baseball cards, but <clears throat> I just, this is like one of those pieces of advice that I'm giving other people that I definitely will ignore myself, even though I know I should listen to it. Just like Jim are always telling me that like, I should have more patience with my cards. And I'm like, no, I got to get rid of this guy. And then I'm sitting on, I, you know, goodbye to my $3 Morioka that he has. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's like value in both. Obviously is like a quantity, quantity guy. Um, I think there's value in both scenarios like if if that's what you want to do and you want to play three divisions and just compete really hard um and just make really good you know teams then that's fine uh i I think that there are there are definitely like pros and cons to each and like the pros associated with with quantity um are are things that i like 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 the ability um like when when you get a dnp it doesn't hurt as bad I have six six hundred lineups, so oh. one DNP doesn't kill them all. Like right. if if you get one DNP in your three lineups, that's one third of your lineups is right. So um, I don't know. I think that you know, like we could talk all day and go back and forth about you know. The other thing is like with with quantity, you get like like I'm getting with my Mexican guys this midweek. Um, not a lot of other people are going to have that opportunity where they can play a lineup in this. Uh, this midweek, I don't, I, there's probably very few lineups this midweek. Yeah. 
It'd be a good number of Peruvian stacks, I think. Don't they? Probably, I think they have a full yeah. Game week. But yeah, that's a your like Atlas stack. Pretty much all of your Liga MX cards. I feel like they. I feel like how do I how do I put this nicely? Yeah, let me have it. I I think you have had more success than anyone would think with those cards because of these wacky game weeks. Yeah. And I don't think people really think about that. I mean, they never think about it. Well, I don't want to say never. But like when you were buying your Santos or your Atlas stacks, were you thinking like, oh, these guys actually play? Yeah. Right. (laughs) The thought more was like they play together. It wasn't like, hey, uh, July 26th, they're all going to play together um, and nobody else is playing. Yeah. When, oh, was it that playoff run that that you like? Didn't you win D two or something? Or no, it was during the playoffs. It was February, so it was like when their season was just starting, and it was in between MLS starting before Brazil and Argentina. Nothing else was going on, basically. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's one of those that you like see those lineups, and you know what else it was. The West Ham stacks at the at the end of the count, like around the Boxing Day Christmas period. time, yeah. And it was all of a sudden it was like, oh man, that was super sharp. And I'm like, I wonder if Andy thought about that when he was putting that together. Five. I'm sure. Ago. I'm sure I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Liverpool played those same yeah. weeks, so it mm-hmm. it made it tough. I think you know whatever. I I think I won a couple, and Liverpool definitely won most of them though. Yeah, I just feel like if. If you were building lineups or building a gallery that you were like, I'm going to maximize, like I'm, I'm going to get the, the, the most quality over quantity. I think you would have missed out on those opportunities. Like, I don't think you would have bought those cards. If you, if you were somebody who was like, I'm only going to play four and I'm going to make them as great as possible. And you miss out on those like random opportunities that like theoretically you could think of. Although sometimes we just don't even know the schedule ahead of time. So like, you don't yeah, know. I mean, go look at the the player rankings for America, and I don't think a single player out of that Atlas stack is going to show up on uh, on any of those rankings. Where's Camilo Var- Vargas? Maybe is like top ten or something. And uh, I don't honestly, I don't know where Camilo Vargas is in America goalkeepers, but I don't think that he's like top five or anything. He's top five among guys named Camilo. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I have them, so. Um, Surface brought up the uh, when to expand to D3, which uh, newer people may know as Rare Pro, is yeah. one of the most difficult questions for users on the platform. What's kind of funny about that division, because I've had the same thought, is that <clears throat> I actually don't think, pe- I think people take too long to get there. And that for most people, waiting to get like five of the elite elite rares to make yourself more competitive in the rare division is actually detrimental and that you should probably try to get to rare pro as quickly as possible because the prizes are better there are fewer people competing and your upside is just higher for all-star obviously you miss out on the threshold but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's only a single lineup but i think people look at progressing to rare pro 
not incorrectly, but they they don't consider how hard it actually is to win in rare versus like what it takes to get to rare pro. And I didn't realize that until I started competing there anyway, like myself. Yeah. Um, what's your opinion on like, like having to get super rares to jump there? You, is your opinion just like get there and worry about the super rares later or like buy Michael Bradley and go play D3 right now? Yeah. I mean, we say that after Michael Bradley banged like a 94. So like a super rare Michael Bradley would have been quite helpful. <clears throat> That's another, I, I don't think I've ever won a Golazo, by the way. What's that? With one complete Golazo, by the way. Yeah. <clears throat> Who needs Federico Bernadeschi? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think, so we, we <clears throat> did like a review of scores that it takes to get prizes in rare pro. <clears throat> And a lot of times they're lower than in rare because there are fewer people who compete. But this there, and then there's like this chart of like 90% of prizes in rare pro are won by lineups with super rares in them, usually two. <clears throat> so you're like, how do you, how do you see that? And then be like, oh, I can compete with just rares. <clears throat> so Skyfov is asking what's D4 and D3 mean? Firstly, welcome to so rare. Uh, secondly, D4 is the rare division and D3 is rare pro. It's just the old names for them. And we're old people from so rare so that boomers, it, it stays out, <clears throat> stays in the nomenclature. So, <clears throat> excuse me, like this dry throat and you're the one who's homesick. So, <clears throat> um, I, I think if you have five elite rares, you can play that in rare pro and be successful. There comes to a point where. Like if you don't have the elite rares and you have a couple of them, it actually might be more beneficial to get a super rare of somebody who's not quite as good to like help make up the gap. So you may, may not have Carlos Heel rare, but if you have a Michael Bradley super rare, then that helps a little bit. <laughs> the problem is that, that in Rare Pro, a lot of people play a Carlos Heel rare and a Michael Bradley super rare. So there's that. I, obviously, it's not you playing that. So I can't imagine there's many combinations of Michael Bradley and Carlos Heel being in the same lineup. <clears throat> I definitely did it recently. Wow. And I I remember I remember thinking it was like a lock. It was like Bradley home against I don't remember who it was Charlotte, no offense trip, or uh, Miami, someone like that. And I was like, yep, that's it. And <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think I won. A, I don't think I've ever won a reward with that Bradley super rare. Still, I was heading for one this week, and then Don Camilo just ruined it. Yeah, that was crazy. <sighs> Let me see here. Sorry, I'm pulling up my SO5 reward. Yep, zero. Not one. So sad. Anyway, so <clears throat> I think it's just a point of like, I think the idea is to make the best lineups. And a lot of people are like, all right, I'm going to make the best six lineups I can. And I don't think enough people are like, if I look at the value of my six lineups, does it actually make it better if I just made three lineups, sold off the extra pieces and improved my three? And I feel like we talk about, we talk about quality over quantity enough where that answer is yes. And so I think the, I, really what I, the point is, is that people are like progressing both up and out earlier than they should. 
And it's like their their teams are not as good, but they're like, oh, I have this extra card in this other division, so I'm going to go play that. And then you're taking resources away from like your core teams that probably should be better. And I'm guilty of it too. Like there, are, I I have plenty of cards that I should get rid of to help my other teams, but I I'm like, oh no, because I have to enter America Rare this week, and it's like, do I? Yeah. Do you still do you still enter Asia uh, Asia Rare? So no. Do you um, play Asia Rare Pro? No. No. So that was my plan at the beginning of the season was to play Asia Rare Pro, and I like hesitated on getting super rares for it. I decided I was definitely going to do super rares because I didn't want to buy five like of the elite rares and try to go into super rares because it feels like Asia Rare Pro is so tough. You know, you get like that frontale game where they win five nothing and you're just like you have no chance and so i played like, i played asia rare pro this entire season zero rewards i bought a to- team for it. tokyo yeah. stack uh no it's uh <laughs> sapporo which oh, they've been right. god awful so they have been god awful whatever um, so that was my plan and then i um usami was one of the first was the first forward I bought. I had an Anderson Lopez who I traded for something. And then I was like, oh, I need a forward. And I bought Usami. And I was like, I have leftover pieces that I'll just play in rare. And then Usami uh, tore his Achilles. And then Higashiguchi, my goalie, got hurt as well. And I was like, all right. And I think normally I would have been like, all right, I'll replace those so I can compete. And I finally was like, I'm out. I don't want to play it. And so I haven't played Asia at all. And I use any Asia cards I have, I tend to use them in all-star, but I don't even have great ones anyway. So it's like, yeah, I need to sell all my Asian uh, lineups. Just get out of them. If I'm not winning with them, like that's, that's almost like, like a discussion topic right there. Like when, (laughs) when do you need to just like bite the bullet and make that decision? Like, Hey, this isn't working. We need to do something else. I think that's like the toughest part of this game is like deciding when enough is enough in terms of not being successful, particularly if you have the ability to, to like sell cards and get out. Like if it's your only lineup, then like you're kind of stuck. Like I get that. Right. But this idea of, yeah, let me go enter Asia so I can like, you know what the, what the problem was is that I didn't even want to win those cards. Like obviously winning is great and all, like I didn't want to win them. And like, I'm fairly certain the last like five all-star cards that I got from Asia, I have been unable to sell. Yeah. Like the price. And we were just seeing this with America prices too, but they're like so down right now. So now it's like, do I just hold it and wait for the season to come back in March or April, whatever it is. And it's like, I, I don't know. It's a division I don't enjoy. And so I stopped playing and I did that with challenger too. Yeah, uh, rare division for Asia is like the most unappealing thing to me because like the tier threes are really hard to sell. The tier twos can be hard to sell. Um, in the end, I would only really want the tier twos are better. And um, like honestly, I'm not a- I'm unable to win those right now. I just think part of it is like an edge. The, the guys I bought are not performing well. I've had a lot of injuries over there too. Uh, and guys spitting in other people's faces. So uh, just like whatever. But 
there, it probably there probably is a time where it's just like, all right, move that and and try something else, or don't run it there. Like, um, Sugino was uh, Silver Fox was having a great start to the season. He was, and like honestly, if I would have not run him in uh, Asia Rare Pro and ran him in like Global or something else. I probably would have won more rewards just based on his scores. But I was, you know, I had a plan and I was trying to trying to do something there and we were a pro and it just wasn't working. I like this point that, that Sam brought up a few minutes ago in chat. He said, it's not yeah. just about assessing if the marginal team is viable, but also about how much it hurts your top teams. And I, that's absolutely it. Like, that's why I sold out of Asia as much as I could. Yep. I was like, this team is not good enough to win. So that was the other thing. I felt like I had good teams and I was just like not even close. And I wasn't, I didn't have the time to put in to like really throw myself into the K League or the J League. And I was just like, I'm, I had an Ulsan stack last year. And like, even that wasn't as successful as I wanted it to be. And so I was just like, I, this is not working for me. And so I didn't want to make my marginal team slightly better than marginal. And instead I just got out and made my main teams better. But I so, realized that there are people who do the opposite. Like they love the, like Hoodwink's here. And he's like, yeah, Asian leagues are the best in the world. And it's like, yeah. it works for him. Right. It just didn't work. Well, for he him. clearly has an edge there and, uh, you know, he does his research and he works hard. Uh, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. And if I had an edge there, I would be getting after it too. Yeah. Uh, back to Sam's point, kind of like, that's a new rule that I've, pretty much put into my, my lineup construction because uh, like, yeah, I'll submit marginal teams or throwaway teams or punty teams, but I'll never, I'll never like get an extra one in if it hurts something else. Like I will always make That's sure so that hard. like, yeah, I'll always make sure that my good teams are good and I'm never going to be like, ah, I'll rob Peter to pay Paul here and do this. And I won't do that anymore. Um, if I if I have a punty team that I really want to play, I'll just buy a guy, and I'll buy a punty guy to go with it. Yeah, but I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna rob a, a player from a, from another lineup that's that that does make sense. That's that was like one of the biggest turning points for me on so rare was not yep. doing them anymore, and I'm not I'm not completely guiltless on that. Like I still do it. And I convince myself that two guys are like close enough. And I'm like, oh, I'll just throw this guy here so I can enter this. And I don't think there's ever been a time where I did that, where I was like, all right, let me take this guy out of my, out of this really good lineup and put him here so that I can enter another one. And the game weeks happens. And I'm like, glad I did that. Like never. And it's like a real bummer to have, like, because usually what happens is it's because you have good cards that just like aren't in line in a lineup. And you're like, this guy's too good to be in training this week. And you're like, well, if you're if you don't have the cards, like then you don't have the cards. And so, I don't know. I I tr- was basically going to throw away a team. Was it last week? I think it was last weekend, or two weekends ago. Excuse me. Where I had the Robert Lubicic. I played All Star Rare Pro with two U twenty three super rares. Like I plan on playing U23 Super Rare this year and, or uh, U23 Rare Pro, excuse me. And 
that week, I, I don't think I had a goalie, but it was like Thomas Hazel was like maybe going to be back or possibly. And I was like, oh, I'll just throw it in. And if he plays, it's great. And I'm like, I'm literally ruining these two cards. Like, right. The odds of him playing are so low. I really should not do this. And like going out and buying a rare U23 goalie is like not as, not that easy price wise. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. And so, but it's like something I totally would have done. And then, so not only would I have put those two, it was a, a Lee Handbum and Lubicic Super Rares that I would play in U23 Rare Pro. So not only was, was I taking them out of my All-Star Rare t- Pro team, I was putting those guys into a dead U23 Rare Pro while also making my All-Star Rare Pro, which I convinced myself is my like top lineup every week. I'm making that worse because I'm like, these guys were my two best super rares this week, but now I'm taking them out, putting them in a dead lineup so that I can basically kill my all-star rare pro lineup. I ended up not doing that, thankfully. And I'm pretty sure I won a reward that week. I don't remember who it was. But, like, I was so close to doing it. Like, like I had done it, and then I'm like, I should not do this. And then back. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like, if you could go back to my before. lineup builder on Sora Data, like, you will see those cards in U23 with... And Hazel still is not playing. Yeah, I think he's back in training though. I saw saw he training for the Whitecaps. Yeah, he started the Whitecaps two game the other day. Ah, okay. Which doesn't really help me, but yeah. Um, Javier is asking about selling your average rare teams to build insanely strong limited teams. What do you think about that? I don't think that that's a good idea. I think limited is so hard to win. Like I have lots of, I rebought. So I'm back in the limited game. I rebought limiteds, but pretty much with the uh, intention of playing specialist and uh, supporting like different lineups, like the uh, kickoff lineups and the uh, three clees and like all of those different things. Like I want them for those purposes. Um. And yeah, I'm playing all the regions regions when I can, but the the cards are basically there to support like all the new competitions. That said, I don't think that I would like create like a super uh, a super team to try to go and win. Uh, like I wouldn't sell my rares to try to win gas limited because I don't know how many how many lineups get put into there every week. Do you, do you have the numbers? Like, it's got to be massive and 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 really freaking hard to win. Yeah, I mean, it's in the. I was just looking. Like last weekend was fourteen thousand. Yeah. And like, we don't even have most of Europe back. Right. Yeah, I I don't think I would do it. I would, I would try like. It's probably it's probably a tough ask to ask like to say try to play up towards the rare pro divisions, but I think if you're already at rare, I wouldn't go back. So, you have more limiteds than I do. Yeah, and I never even sold out of my limiteds. You really, you really went out for it. I sold all my limiteds, and now I'm all the way back in. All the way back yeah. in. I actually don't think it's that bad to do it. Um, yep. But I think I think some people's opinion of insanely good insanely strong limited teams might be different than other than actually insanely strong limited teams and so yes. that's one issue i do think that there's an argument to be made that specialist limited if if that's your like if you're 
gallery size and your budget is like rares or limiteds, I think limited, specialist limited is the most important contest every week. Because for the for the top prize upside, it's the cheapest entry. Yeah. And so and in that competition, you need at least one insanely strong player. And I think you probably need, you know, you need the two guys who average, you know, between or under 60. And then you need the two guys under 40. And like, basically you should have like a budget of who are the crap guys that I have to buy to fill this spot. But you should have guys who are really good, who average up to 59 points. And then you're one really good one. I, I think I, I, I'm like turning on limiteds recently, meaning turning towards like, I actually do think they're worth competing in if you can get these really good cards. Like if you can afford the upper tier cards in limited, I think it's okay because so many of them are now being used in the super rare kickoff or unique kickoff. And like, we're actually seeing some of the, elite cards not being played in limited competitions because people who have uniques and super rares are like, Oh yeah, I guess I'll go buy a Kimmick limited or the Mbappe limited so that I can play it in this unique kickoff or whatever, you know, whatever they are, the three clear. Cause it's what under 50. Oh, that's right. That one's under 50. The three clear was, is one of them. Doesn't one of them allow you to have a a higher one. I could Uh, be wrong. Yeah, so I don't. Specialist. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but, but yeah, think, you're right. Like people are are using those cards in either specialist or um, some of those other competitions. Yeah. And granted, like the main European leagues haven't re- re- like the big European leagues haven't returned, so we don't really know where where those cards will end up. But I was talking to Sean actually yesterday. PSU fans too. Might have been this morning. Um, I bought a Messi and a Neymar limited last year or earlier this year for like a third of what they go for now. That was the, I, I entered limiteds early so that I could win Neymar and Messi. And then eventually I just bought Neymar and Messi, (laughs) not with reward rewards either, but I actually found myself playing one of them in specialist. And so like, I wasn't even using them to get like, my idea was like, Oh yeah, I'll use them together. I'll win champion year. And then I was like, oh, what superstar player do I want to use in specialist? I was like, oh, one of those guys. So now I'm already like splitting that up. So I think like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I I think that playing limiteds is a lot more viable than we thought it was. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. I do think, I think that you're 100% right on the the specialist limited competition. Like the cheap entry... For the most part, I mean, I, you do have to have one one good player or one. You need three good players. Yeah. Realistically, you need one outstanding player, and then you need two that are like just below just below sixty. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the last two can just be found on the you know bargain bin shopping or DNP guys. Like last week, Simon Balat was kind of like he was in my gallery. He's kind of a cheat code for that because he was. DNP L15, so he kind of fit in there nicely. Yeah, that's um, But I do think that's like a competition that everybody should strive to play and should try to play. If you're not playing it, then you should, you know, change your gallery up or or make a couple purchases and make it to where you can play that every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, 
Gator guy, he plays it every week and he plays it hard every week. And he yeah. basically buys players every week for it. So um, he looks at matchups. He looks at, you know, the L15s and he will strategically buy players that, that work best for that competition every given week. And I think that that's super smart. Uh, I think he loses probably a little bit of money every week on the, you know, like the, the, the guys that just slide under the L15 and then he's got to resell them and probably loses. But I think, I think I've seen two where, where he resells a guy and actually profits too. So like, um, I think he's done quite well in that comp. And uh, I, I think that like others should look at that competition. And I think the best thing about his strategy is that he considers the reward as part of the profit on the cards. So it's like, if you buy five cards for specialist limited and you, let's say you spend like point three ETH, whatever that is in dollars or euros, you spend point three ETH for a, for a specialist limited team and you win a three ETH card. And then you sell that limit. You could give that limited team away. You don't even have to, you sell it all for zero. Everyone will be like, oh man, I took a loss on these cards. And it's like, you won this monster card that paid yeah. for everything. And like, I'm guilty of that myself. Like I hate like taking losses on cards, but like if they help me win something, then like that should be part of the, the ROI on that card. And yeah, Gator guy is very good at, at being able to say like, no, 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 these cards won me this amount. I just go back to the Mignon and how furious he was of winning a fourth card. I don't know if that was special. I don't think he was or, furious. I don't think that's a good. He was disappointed. He was full fledged yeah. disappointed. Sure. Um, I can't remember. I will, if that was for I'll, I'll defend him on this. He was. He was. He was probably a little bit disappointed because I know exactly what you're going to say, and it's, you're right. The first thing that popped up was the France flag on the reward screen in. Mbappe's in that pool. He thought it was going to be Mbappe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I would be bummer, but I'd be bummed about that too. Um, so I think people need to just like consider stuff like that, and it's a lot of just like, oh, I have this this uh, this budget, and I'm going to compete in like this region. I'll buy these five cards, and then I'm set. And it's like you have to. You have to be a little more flexible if you're going to play something like specialist because they like change every week. Like one player's really good matchup one week doesn't mean he has a good matchup the next. And if you're willing to move in and out of those cards, then it's okay. Or you're someone like me who then sits on three Chris Mueller cards um, because the price, the floor just sank. Although, yeah, I didn't. The win Chris any... Mueller floor sank. What's that? The Chris Mueller floor sank. Oh, it tanked. Why? Like absolutely tanked. Um, well, he was an under 40 for a while. And then um, and then he went over 40. So he was like essentially worthless for specialist. And if you like want to win specialist and you're like, I need an elite forward, you tend not to go to Chris Mueller. Huh. Let me see. Okay. That's all. He, he ended up in that weird zone of like kind of in between. Interesting. See. Let me see if I could find my. Yeah, I just purchase. pulled his up. I mean, he's absolutely crushed his last five games. Yeah. Um, he looks like, 
I I watched the last Chicago game and he looks great. Like he, they I think they love him there. So we're back. Like Ethwise, he's down two twenty, but yeah, like. So what his L fifty? Yeah, so he's like forty. So he's still underdog eligible but he's like no longer nice. specialist and so we need to just like not get any decisives the next couple games just kind of take it easy come on chris take it easy yeah hmm. i wouldn't call that tanking but i see what you're i see what it, you're it saying felt, you know what it was it's because i was like trying to sell here like yeah. around here and i couldn't sell and then it like literally tanked gotcha and fiat though that's it's probably, you know. But yeah, know. he's been absolutely banging. Looks like a yellow card suspension coming. Oh, maybe not. But it's yeah, lots of stuff. The... I think I think he takes all the corners from one side. Yeah. Chicago's been pretty good too. Three game run so, here. I wonder if I wonder if Sean will be buying the fire stack back. He's going to bring it back. Who would you even get Shakiri and? Well, he has Mueller already, right? I, yeah. Um, I guess the hard part there is you got to get Slonina. Yeah. Imagine buying Slonina to play a Chicago Fire Stack. No. In <laughs> I mean, America Rare. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Uh. Yeah. Tug saying he wants Mueller limited at last sale. God, what could that possibly be? Oh, 28 euros. Might have you there, Tug. I got plenty. Oof. <sighs> but Sam, that's the... those are some pretty elite cards you bought for uh, various weekly legends competitions. That's, that's wild. And, and I... I, I don't think that you're the only one doing that. So that's interesting. My legends? Well, I mean, like those legend competitions, you play three legends and then two other cards. And that's another good Sam, example. Yeah. Sam, Sam mentioned that he bought like Kimmich and Messi and Neymar yeah. and all these other guys. And it's like, that's what you're going up against when, when if you're going to play in those legends tournaments, you're going to play against three legends and then, you know, Neymar and Messi. Yeah. That's a great point. Whoever. I was super excited to buy my summer legends, Pirlo and Mascherano. Haven't used them yet. And they still haven't run the comp, have they? Not one. You going to buy the Atlas one, Marquez? No. no. You don't want Aldo Roca's uh, midfield? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the worst part is that I bought Mascherano and then Enzo left. Like I never even got uh, an Enzo score out of it. That's so, crazy. Hmm. Yeah, another case of uh, legends kind of backfiring on the like, like why are they not just running that uh, contest? So, I, I feel People like spent money reward them for it. Yeah, I, I try to be as level-headed as possible when it comes to things that so rare do, and obviously my position like kind of encourages me to do that. Yeah. But I, I'm like furious about Pirlo and Mascherano legends cards. Well, I mean, this one like directly affected a strategy that you clearly have 
like work towards. Well, the what really bothered me about and it came I mean it was obviously Pirlo. Like Pirlo's the one that started it. But like you would have never ever ever done a Andrea Pirlo New York City FC legend card without the expectation that you would you needed like a summertime legend. Yeah. Like he is a legend. He is not a New York City FC legend, but they chose mm-hmm. the New York City FC card. So I'm like, oh, and obviously, I like that's even like the team that I support. <laughs> and like, right. I, it was cool that Pirlo was there and played for the club. He was awful. And like, he is not like an MLS old guy success story. Like, he was awful, but like, he was, it was like really fun to watch games and I'm like, Oh my God, that's like Andrea Pirlo playing for my club. The New York city FC card almost like devalues Pirlo. Cause I'm like anybody who loved Pirlo doesn't want him in this shirt, but I, <laughs> but I understood putting him in one so right. that they could run legends contests over the summer. And we didn't get any. And and then this Mascherano card came, and I was like, oh, surely now that they have a couple of them, they'll do it. They never did it. And now my card is worth maybe 75% of what it was. I don't even know who's buying them at this point. But they're also completely worthless against the other Legends cards that they now have to compete against. Yep. And so it just – I felt like they were starting to like do right by the people who bought Legends, like the competitions that they were running – we're doing and this just like totally ruined it for me yeah not well done yeah a beckham galaxy card yeah i think the only other thing about the legends thing is that uh for the rare and super rare ones there was there's only like three people who are buying those like when people win them there's only like three or four whales on the platform who are like, oh yeah, I want to buy the rare or super rare who have Beckenbauers. If they don't want to buy them anymore, then they become worthless. Like it's not yeah. like there's this huge line of people waiting to get these cards. Like, yeah. I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely showing it. I actually would have been fine with the Pirlo one. This Mascherano card is like one I would never buy. Like I bought yeah. that, not that I'm not that I buy any of these cards to like, oh, it's cool to buy. I didn't buy this uh Obliakov card because of that. But like I just I thought I was gonna be able to use it and I'm like, oh, this is good. I'll get in early. So then when other people are trying to run their cards, I can do this and nothing. Yeah. I tried to expand too much. I felt like I had to play legends. And hmm. I don't have to. You definitely don't have to. What about all the other like side competitions we talked before? Like, you don't have to play them, should you? No, I, I, you definitely do not have to, and they're definitely more work. So, like, I get not playing them, but I do think you should play them over the regionals most weeks. Thank you. If you have the time and the money, you should play them. But, But like. Yes, but I think it's actually the time is more important, actually, because like money wise, I actually don't think it's all that much more expensive yeah. than trying to get an all star team that could win a 
a, a well, star card. I think that it could be it could end up being more expensive though because it's like it changes every week. It's ongoing versus like me submitting the same rare team every week is a lot different because specialist guys fall in and out. I got to rebuy guys, sell guys. You're right. The time involvement is huge. The research, finding matchups, but also like you could get stuck with some of these guys. There's risk. Guys can get hurt. Um, Lots of things to consider, but I think that if you do have the time and the money, you should, you should tackle those. Yeah. I mean, speaking of guys I got stuck with, um, Go Young June I bought I, um, for Specialist. Yeah. Neil Forsberg, still here. It's uh, now half of the price. Um, but it'll go back up, don't worry. Just because they do that? Europe season's coming. So. Yeah. Mehdi Bujema, whoever he is, bought him. Specifically for um, Specialist Paradella. The worst part about this Jose Paradella card is that I bought a rare for less than that before the season started and then traded it to Pavel for something. And then he like 5X'd the race. But yeah, you can definitely end up with some pretty awful cards if you buy them for Specialist. So just notice that. You could end up with three Chris Mueller cards here. Right. But they'll come good. Don't worry about it. I don't even know what that I don't means. Know. Owning three Chris Mueller cards, I would not be upset about right now. <laughs> Do you think that there's any value in the fact that I have card number 123? Like 123 of 1,000? No. No? Hmm. No. But if it makes you feel better, you know, like if you if you look at that and get enjoyment out of looking at that 123, then sure, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> you can tell other people though. You can you can be like, you might enjoy this. You might like this. One, two, three. So it's funny you bring that up. I'm before I get to that. I bought this Angelo Segal uh, Limited for a specialist competition, and then he scored well, and I was like, he's actually pretty good. And then I bought the super rare. Oh, I guess scores aren't bad. For like a super rare. Yeah. Take some set pieces. Anyway, I was thinking about <clears throat> somebody contacted me recently. I forget which card it was. I could probably easily look it up. But they only they only collect cards that are serial number 10. And I was like, why do you do that? And it's not like Jersey Mint 10s, just like any 10. Right. And they were like, 10 is my favorite number. And that was it. And I was just like, oh, I get that. And you look in their gallery and it's all 10, 10 of 100, 10 of 1,000. And I'm like, this is actually kind of cool. So I was like, I wonder if I could do that. And then obviously if you wanted to do it with rares, you'd have to pick something, you know, a two-digit number because they rarely get to 100 anyway. But that one, two, three card, I was like, I wonder if I could, if I just had a whole gallery of 123 cards. I wonder how much time that guy spends on that. I mean, it's pretty simple though. Just look for a serial number, right? Like, yeah, but then you got to deal with people. Yeah, that that is absolutely true. Hey, mate, do you want to trade your 10, 10 of a hundred for my 
uh, 76 out of 100. I'll give you an extra X ETH. People are going to be like, so raising eyebrows, like not trusting. I don't know. I wish I could remember what, which card it was that I, that he wanted. Cause I actually didn't. Oh, uh, I think I did do the deal. I think I remember what card it was. And you're going to, oh no, not Christian Ramirez. What's his name? Hey, uh, Le- Levi's question, in your opinion, is specialist rare worth playing more or less than limited specialist? I think that limited specialist is just the entry point is so cheap. Um, that's why I like it. Because like every week is different. Like you're gonna have to either play different matchups or play different uh players that fall in and out. So you're gonna end up having to either buy players or trade or whatever. So I, I like limited just because it's cheap, cheaper entry point. Yep. I agree. So this was the card. And this is a special card that I bought I very like early on in limiteds because the guy has mm-hmm. a ball. It's the Christian Ramirez Krasnodar card, 10 of 1,000. That's how early I was on limiteds. Bought it for 12, 12 euros. But he came to me. I don't remember what like the floor was at the time that he wanted this card. Let's see. April 27th. Oh, he even has 10 in his username. It's P10. So, I like so like last sale was, why do I keep 0.004? He gave me 0.0075. Cause I was like, part of me was like, I don't, I don't want to give this card up. I like it. It has a ball in it. Like the guy's holding a ball. And he was like, I'll go out and buy one and trade you that one so that you still have one. But I just want the 10. And I was like, what, like, why do you want this card so badly? Like he was fine. I don't even know if he's still with Krasnodar. I think he left. He doesn't score like that. Well, I bought the card because he's holding a ball. It's the same reason I bought that Hans Vanderbruggen because he had the thumbs up. Like right. that was one of my things that I loved about limiteds early on. I was like, I can buy dumb cards like this for like four bucks. And he was like, no, my, my gallery is just all tens. And I'm like, really? And it is like, it's so it's cool. Every card is a 10 or if they're not, they're probably like rewards that he hasn't gotten rid of yet. But like Hmm. all of these cards on the screen, apologies for people who are watching or who are, uh, excuse me, listening, but like, would you recommend that P10 plays limited or a specialist or rare? Good point. I don't know. (laughs) Probably. It would be tough for 10 of a hundred Darwin. That's cool. Well, so yeah, I was just like, I think this is really cool that you did this. And so I was like, yeah, I'll sell the card. I don't I, like that card meant way more to him than it did me. And if I really wanted a card of a guy holding the ball, I could just spend the six euros to get it. Yeah. As a guy that has his birthday on the 10th day of a month, uh, I'm a little jealous. There we go. See? A jealous. I just don't have a single card my or a single number that <clears throat> is meaningful enough to me to want to cr- like collect an entire gallery of it. <clears throat> but I like this P10, whoever you are, really enjoy this gallery. Yeah, very cool. It's just fun. I wouldn't have the the uh, self control to do that. Because like 
I would want to like I would want to go play like specialist, and then I'd buy a guy off the market, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, he's not ten, and then he'd be in my gallery, and yeah, exactly, Quinny. Like if I went for a sixty-nine gallery, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't be able to do it because I'd buy a guy off the market, and it'd ruin it'd ruin my gallery. I don't think it's every card though. I thought you like said obviously the goal is to get every card, but like if you have a little little bit extra of what I think you would end up doing is buying cards that you don't want just because of the serial number. Gotcha. Just seems like a lot of time. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. It is a lot of time, but I think this is a really fun gallery. Ah, that's a, that's actually a good point from, from Chris is some countries or like, uh, uh, cultures believe that like certain numbers are lucky. So they may buy around that. I love it. Why not? Gosh, this is a lot of cards. That... <clears throat> the work that went into this, just bravo, P10. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Tug saying, I don't fully understand DGen OCD status. <laughs> I, I suppose that is true. I guess it's for the better that I don't have it myself. Or else I would try to do all of this. I don't know. Oh, well. All right. Um, you got anything else? I think we've BS. No. So that. what's the, what's the, what are, what are we landing on here? I think you, you just have to buy everything. Is that what Yeah. It is? Just buy, buy all the cards you can and just enter everything you can. You can't lose. Okay. I think that was fair it. enough. That's what I I'm do. Glad. I <laughs> you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a quantity over quality guy. So, uh, I'm always going to be with you on that, that, that we want to play everything. We don't have to play it well. We're just going to try to play it. <laughs> you just have to wait for that one week where Atlas is the only team playing. And you'll be the last one laughing exactly. at that. Yep. Too sharp, Andy. Uh, all right. Thank you to everybody who has joined us live. Uh, always appreciate the comments you guys have during the chat. Keeps us, uh, keeps us going quite lively today. So thank you to everybody who's done that. If you guys haven't hit the like button, it would be greatly appreciated if you have. Um, I haven't uh, checked how many likes, but surely there are more of you who can throw a like in. So please do so. If you're watching the replay, you can also hit that like button. And anybody listening to the audio version, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. Um, I'll be back on Friday with Sean, probably to talk about the scoring matrix, but maybe not. Maybe we'll all be sick of it by then. We'll be used to it, although it's not even taking effect until game for a month from today. But I'm guessing we will talk about that at some point. So also be on the lookout for the Sorer Data newsletter. If you guys have not subscribed to that, you can go to sorerdata.substack.com. There's a button right on there that uh, asks you to subscribe. I think it's actually on the Sorer Data homepage as well. So just uh, check that out. If you want it in French, that button is there as well. So uh, just check those out. We also have a baseball one. If anybody's interested in that, um, you can find it there too. So thank you to everyone. And Andy, I'll uh, talk to you later. Yep, see ya.